Yo, yo. Another episode of Rehab Cairo Nation. We are here and super excited for this episode. But before I get into that, let me tell you about my upcoming schedule. It's about to get a little crazy over here. So the month of September is going to get interesting. As you guys know, September 10th and 11th, we are having our inaugural live Rehab Cairo Mastermind event. That is, a again, a live event and is going to be a sales and marketing masterclass here in Bridgewater, New Jersey. We, uh, I think, um, I've had to like readjust my plans because I actually think we have more people than I suspected. So we're, we're, we'll, we'll figure it out. Don't worry, but it's going to be packed. It's going to be a big event, which I'm super excited about. If you have not registered or interested in, in registering, we have guest passes available. Um, and we are going to open that up for guests, but there is going to be a deadline probably in about a week or two. So at this point, we're almost full. If you still want in, we can get we can squeeze in another one or two, but that's going to be it. So if you listen to this and you have any interest in learning sales and marketing and building your your practice, building your rehab chiropractic practice. Um, this is a, a can't miss event. You would be absolutely crazy not to come. Um, if you have any interest in building a practice, building your business and making some money in your career, if you don't, and you don't like your career and you don't like your business and don't come, but if you do, you should be there. So that's September 10th and 11th. And again, you can just shoot me a message uh, on Instagram or you can email me coaching at strive to move.com for registration links and details. On September 18th, I will be speaking uh, virtually for NYCC Alumni Day. I think there's a new name, but I refuse to call it that. I went to NYCC, so that's what I'm going to call it. So NYCC is having an Alumni Day where I believe CE credits are going to be available for you guys that have to get your CE credits. And my talk will be called Integrating Rehab and Getting Patient Compliance for Your Chiropractic Practice. And so based on the title, we will be speaking about not only how to do rehab, but more importantly, how to communicate that to the patients so that they actually want to do it, see value in it, and parentheses, parentheses, how they'll actually pay you for it. So September 18th, NYCC, part of their alumni weekend, this is going to be CE credits available, I do believe. And so if you are a part of that. I don't know if everyone can register. I have no idea how to register, but if you know how and you want to hear me speak, I will be doing that via Zoom on September 18th. Then September 23rd to 25th, I will be in New Orleans with the FTCA at their event Breakthrough at the Bayou. I've never been to New Orleans, so I'm excited to get down and see what that city is all about. Um, and I will be presenting with Bobby Maybe, the, the founder of FTCA. And our presentation will be called You Are Not a Starving Artist, Business Principles for a Successful Practice and Future. And so in that presentation, we are going to speak real talk, real talk about how to understand the business model so that you can treat patients well, you can get them to pay, you know, all of the, the same things that we always speak about just in a different format in an audience of like-minded practitioners, you know, Bobby and his FTCA group have built such an amazing group of high level practitioners. And I think, you know, uh, kind of hopefully getting out of this COVID thing, we're starting to get back to these in-person events and, you know, if you're like me, you don't realize how much you miss them until you get back to them. 
So I'll be presenting there on September 23rd to 25th. Um, if you if you want a nice business trip to learn to learn some things, um, you know, and if you're there or plan on going, please come up and introduce yourself. I'd love to meet you, buy a drink, uh, hang out. You know, usually the best thing about event, in-person events is the is the conversations in between and before and after. So um, September 10th and 11th in New Jersey is our own live Rehab Cairo Mastermind. September 18th, NYCC Alumni Day. Uh, and September 23rd to 25th is uh, with the FTCA. So a busy September. I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, um, as I think about it, it's gets into football season, which means I won't be able to watch the Jets, which is a good thing because they'll probably lose. So it'll keep me distracted. Anyhow, um, this week's episode. So this is a very special episode near and dear to my heart. Uh, Lauren McHale was the first person outside of my mom that I ever hired in the business. And she's now been with us, uh, I think it's six years. I don't even know. Um, It feels like forever. Uh, which I mean that in in a good way. She started with me part-time, a couple hours a week as an admin, front desk lady, whatever the heck you want to call it. And now, as we talk about in the episode, she's worked her way all the way into being our our sales director, where she directs our sales team, not only our our SDR, our sales development rep, who is remote in Texas, um, but our clinical staff as well, because obviously they have to be part of the sales team. So she has started as admin. She's learned billing. She, you know, sales. And the thing I say about Lauren is that at this point in the business, outside of treating a patient, she knows as much as anyone else here, including myself. So she's been able to sit in every seat. She's sat at the front desk. She's greeted clients. She's done insurance billing. She's worked out of network billing. She's followed up with patients. She's done marketing events. She's done sales. She's done sales directing. She's done management. She's done leadership. So she's done absolutely everything. And the reason why I had her on during this um, period of time is because uh, a lot of my uh, initial like founding members of the mastermind group are now in the position where they they've built the business, they've made some cash, they have time, and now they're in the position to start growth and scaling with hiring that first key employee. And Lauren was that for me and still is. And so everything that we have at, at our companies, not just Strive, at our companies is built on the foundation that she has been an integral part in, in doing. Um, I think this episode is interesting because you know, the feeling that I get speaking to a lot of rehab chiros, you know, in school, just graduated school, you know, young, hungry, is that uh, rightfully so, you know, the main concern is getting our career off the ground and making money. And, and, I, and I think it should be. I think that's good. The problem with that is sometimes we forget that not everyone is in that position. And what I speak to Lauren about is that hiring is very much like a marketing exercise in that you have to understand who your perfect customer is, right? Whether it's someone you're going to hire or it actually is a customer because not everybody wants what you want. And the line I asked her, the question I asked her in this podcast, so listen out for it. I said, you know, Lauren, based on your current situation, you have two girls that still play college lacrosse that I know is very important to you to be able to go watch them play. And I said, if I tripled your salary tomorrow, but you weren't able to go to as many of the games as you wanted, what would you do? And she said, I wouldn't take the money. Now, for some of you out there, for most of us out there, we would sacrifice some of our personal life right now uh, for the money. 
but not everyone's like that. And I think it's just a great lesson for, you know, in general, having empathy, understanding that not everyone thinks uh, like us, that we all have seasons in our life. And, you know, she's in a season where for her last few years where she's going to be able to go watch her kids play and she's willing to sacrifice money right now in order to do that. So, Again, I think you're going to have a, uh, I think this is so informative. You're going to start hearing me interviewing more of our team over the next couple months, because as I've said, my goal for all of the rehab chiros out there is to start building their teams. I think that we've got to think about building a real business and a real business has people. You will get stuck if it's just you. So even though some of you haven't started yet or just getting started, I always want you to think two to three steps ahead of where you currently are. And this is where a lot of you will be before you know it. So let's start talking about that now. Hey, if you're out there and you really like what you're doing, I'd love for you to share the podcast with a friend, screenshot it, send them a text message, uh, share it on your Instagram, tag me in it. Podcast is getting a lot of great feedback and I'd love to continue to spread the message so that we can build this community and we can have a group of like-minded people um, that all have one goal and uh, are genuinely good, good people. As always, I appreciate all of you for listening. The feedback's incredible and uh, enjoy the episode. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Business School for the Rehab Chiropractor. Class is officially in session. My name is Justin Rabinowitz, and I am a rehab chiropractor on a mission to teach you, a fellow rehab chiropractor, the exact tools and systems I've used to build my own successful rehab chiropractic practice so you can do the same. I hope you enjoy, and please subscribe. All right, Lauren, let's get going. You are the first staff member of Strive or any of our community of businesses to be on the podcast, so you should be very honored to be here. Hmm. First podcast attendee, first staff member as well. I'm two for two. You, uh, you were well. Technically, that's what we're going to get oh, into. Right. You, well, you were the first non-family member staff member. Correct. Correct. Yeah. So you were the first hire. So that's why you're here because we're at the point now in the in the business in the Cairo business mastermind where. We've been doing it about a year and it took us about a year to get our initial batch of clients to the point where they got their pricing structure right, where they got their systems in place, where they sort of figured out their own business and grew the business enough, you know, where there's money in the bank and they have profit and the business is going well. And now it's time to start to grow. So most of them are solo operations and now they're at that point where they have to bring on their first key hire, that first admin, you know, sales, and then we'll go through some of all the different roles, but you were that person for me when I got started. And where I wanted to start, because I think it'll be really valuable with the docs going through the hiring process right now is, you know, you were someone who had kids that were high school, college age, some were graduate, uh, getting out of college and you were sort of looking to get back into the workforce. And so I want you to talk through that, where you were in your life, what you were looking for, because when we graduate chiropractic school, you know, we're 26, 27, all we can think about is we don't have any money and we got to get the business going. And we think everyone lives in that exact same world. And you were in a position where that wasn't your main focus. That wasn't your main concern. And I think it's good for our audience to, to hear that because they could find someone like you and have to understand who you are and what you were looking for as a person and, and in the workforce. So, um, so to take us back to that. Yeah, sure. So, <clears throat> sorry, everyone. So when I first started at Strive to Move, my hours were literally 
10 to two, two days a week. And that's now evolved into a full-time five-day-a-week employee. So as Justin said, taking it back, I was looking for a more permanent opportunity that also had growth opportunity. I did not need a six-figure salary. I needed to venture into perhaps something that I'd never done before and wanted to learn about, yet also... To be honest, I needed flexibility because I still had kids at home, kids in school. My kids are all athletes and I wanted to be able to be able to be um, like an active participant in their sport life. So go to their games, travel on spring break with them, things like that. So not traditionally the person who you'd think of probably as a first hire for an up and coming business for sure. Oh. Well, but but let's talk about that because I think it might be, right? So someone like you who your profile is very, very intelligent, very smart, college educated, had a full-time job, then went went to stay home with her kids for a lot of years. And you said to me once, which I never considered, you're like, you know, I've been out of the game for so long that it's I, it's, I can't really step back in in the way that like, I can't just go back to corporate America. That sort of passed me by. And, you know, I never thought about that. I never lived in those worlds, but that doesn't mean that you're not like extremely capable. Doesn't mean that you're not motivated. Doesn't mean that you can't be, you know, unbelievably productive in a business. Um, but, you know, to go back into the corporate world of where you came from way back in the day, pre-kids, probably not going to happen. So what, kind of led you to that conclusion. And again, I, I'm hammering on this because I think that hiring is a, is a exercise in marketing. Marketing is an exercise in understanding your perfect patient or who your potential avatar is. And so if hiring is like marketing, then we have to understand who the people we might be hiring are. Now, you aren't the only type of person that could we could bring on. But um, as I've always said to people, half joking, half not, if your first hire could be Lauren, you're going to do really well for yourself. So what was it like, talk me through that of where you were, you know, your background, you went to Delaware, graduated, you worked in sales in a sales job, and then you decided to stay home with kids for a long time and sort of volunteered and did different things. But, you know, talk us through that. Yeah, happy to. So I did, I graduated from the University of Delaware. I had an international relations degree, which is like political science. So thought that I was going to be like the press secretary in Washington, D.C. someday. That was kind of where I thought that I was going. Ended up getting really good jobs in PR. I was in the bridal industry um, for many years, and I did the wear the suit to work every day. I did the travel um, weeks at a time. I did the um, conferences out of state. I've been down that road, and when I started to have kids, I still was on that road and did for a few years that same type of lifestyle with kids. I had a very supportive husband and family, but eventually it just started to be too much. And I ended up doing what I could freelance style from home, meaning the writing, the phone calls, um, the agenda planning, things like that. Once I realized that okay, it is time to take a break from this industry, this lifestyle. I started looking close to the house and I got a PR job in the YMCA down the street, which turned into a customer service job at the YMCA down the street. Great 
part about the job was able to bring my kids with me. So didn't need the daycare, didn't need the babysitters. They were with me while I was working. Best of both worlds, right? So as the kids get older, I'm still doing that type of work. Um, fast forward, now they're in um, middle school, high school. And someone had questioned at one point, you know, wouldn't you kind of like to know what goes on behind closed doors in the schools? And it just clicked for me. All right, I'm going to be a substitute teacher. That way I can work when I want, when I need to, and still be around after school for my kids. So that was going really well for a while. I actually considered because they asked me to get um, certified and get my teaching degree. Um, And just something just wasn't driving me, driving with me going down that road. So I did it for a while. Fast forward again, work hours, work days are becoming few and far between. And I'm thinking, you know what? I like working. I like getting out of the house. I like being able to see my kids, there's got to be something in between. So I looked on Indeed one day, and that's how I found the administrative job at Strive to Move. When you applied, what did you think it was? Because, you know, again, we're going to talk about your evolution and where you are now, but like, what did you think you would be doing? Well, I always remember the phrase potential for growth. So I knew in the back of my head that- Can I, I, can I interrupt you there? Sure. When I wrote that ad, I had no idea what that actually meant. So uh, that was kind of a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Look at me now. (laughs) Wait, no, don't say that. (laughs) You guys like the hook, like, oh. Well, yeah, but here's the thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, of course, we always sort of, you know, any entrepreneur, you have the idea of like, oh, I'm going to grow this. But you really don't know because you haven't done it before. And so when you started, it was like me and my mom sometimes. (laughs) And then after, and so like potential for growth, like, in my positive outlook on life, bot business, there is potential for growth, but I don't know what the heck that <laughs> what is. Like. It? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Like you're gonna get yeah. taller. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, that's so funny. I have that. Um, I have the original ad that you posted printed out in my file. I think it's in the office. It, I'd be curious to see exactly what it says, but it said potential for growth. But you thought that um, initially. You, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because initially I thought it was okay. This. Doctor's office needs someone up front to answer the phones, to greet people, to be pleasant, to be happy, to be smiley, to be nice. And that's what I'm all about all of the time. So I said, you know, perfect. I get to meet people. I get to make sure they're okay because there's nothing worse than having a bad or nasty experience or not even either of those, just no experience at all, I could say, when you go into a doctor's office. Like I've been where it's really been wonderful and I've been where you're just like a number. And I was like, well, if I can make a difference and make people think like they're not just a number and have the smarts to take down their information and make them an appointment, I I can do this. I can do this from 10 to 2, two days a week. Absolutely. So you did that and and you were a the, the person that we gave the job to, you know, two days a week. Um, and was there a moment that you sort of looked and realized, okay, this might be something more than just doing that? Do you remember? It was pretty soon after I started training with Fern, your mom, when it was, when we started to go into like the insurance and the bill and the billing, not, not where I am today, but 
as far as something else besides answering the phones. When I started to dive into the insurance, the billing, just things that I had no idea anything about, you know, I just kind of would come home and say to Joe, my husband, everyone, I would say like, wow, I'm learning something that I could take with me wherever I go, wherever I am, whether I'm, you know, 40, 50, 70, if I still wanted to work, this, this medical stuff is something kind of cool. There's something about this that, um, that is substantial and, you know, it's a skill you could take with you. And that was really the first, the first thing about looking ahead, like, Hmm, this is more than just answering the phone. Hmm. And, and, you know, so many of the people that we work with, they get nervous or scared um, about charging the prices or doing all these different things because they don't have the, the office. They don't have the front desk. They don't, it's not the pretty office. And, you know, when you started, I think we were probably about 200,000 in revenue, maybe a little less. And we were sharing an office with another chiropractor. And uh, I don't remember or not if we had another gym office, but like that had, we had no, we had really had no dedicated, you had no desk, right? Right. I mean, no, it never had right. a desk until like never. literally until a year ago. So, yeah. um, and then we, and even now it's not it my out. own. <laughs> yeah. We, we figured it out, you know, we figured yeah. it out. So then, yeah. So you, you learn billing and, and again, going through your journey, you started as a, you know, greet the patients, be nice to them, answer phones a little bit. Then we moved you over to allow you to do some insurance, learn that side of it. Um, and then probably about what, a year in, we started really, as we raised our prices and went more cash, we really needed to kind of dedicate ourselves into that sales position. Yeah. And so you always tell the story about us doing sales training and how awkward it was. So, um, you know, yeah. oh, now yeah. it's part of what we do. One um, Walk us through that of like, you know, that's what I think that's our hallmark at this point is how we yeah. dedicate ourselves to sales. But back then it's a chiropractor's office and you're having to do some yeah. sales training on how to do that. Let's walk through yeah. that. Oh, would love to. So it's, it's a year in as you just said, about a year in and everything's going well. And then you came to me one day and said, we're going to start practicing phone calls. And I was like, what exactly does that mean? And then you just walked me through um, as it's, we're a year in and I already know that we're not a typical doctor's office. We're not a regular doctor's office. We're, we specialize in what we do and we do it well. So I was just like, okay, I don't know what a script is. Um, you know, I've read from a teleprompter before, like what's happening. And so for the next, however many months and for however awkward it started out to be, you guys listening on the podcast or watching, it was just Justin and I in a treatment room going over objections and doing mock phone calls over and over and over and over again. And now I couldn't even actually look at him and practice a phone call. I had to turn to the side and pretend that I was answering the phone, literally answering the phone with my hand. Strive to move. This is Lauren speaking. How can I help you? So as, as, basic and as bottom line starting out as that, that's how we did it. And we just did it. And I will always, this will always, always resonate, resonate with me. 
Justin would always say, you, you can't screw this up. Like you really can't screw this up unless you are being 100% malicious and mean and you're nasty. On the, you can't screw this up. You can only get better. And I've had to resort to that many times over the years, just thinking this didn't go well, but remembering what Justin said from day one, like you can't, you can't mess it up. It can't get any worse than not doing, not trying to do the right thing. So to speak. I think Ashton always talks about how one of the things I think he bought into sales training was literally he'll, we'll do it. And then the next week he'll use it and it works. And it's like a gratifying yeah. thing. Do you think for you, you know, obviously, like you said, in the beginning, there's resistance, there's hesitation, and it's weird. Do you think that was, why, why did you kind of go through with it? And, and I'm trying to get inside the mind of, you know, again, you're working for some crazy guy like me and you could very easily say, I'm out, like, this is stupid. But what was it? Was it that it, we, you did it enough and they're like, all right, there's some success here. Or was it just like, this is what this guy wants me to do? Or did you think it was actually helpful? You know, what, what was it that yeah. kind of let you stick with it? Yeah, that's a great question. The way you phrase that, a bunch of different things come to mind. Number one, first and foremost was, I knew from the start that I was going to be able to do it. As much as I say that is how the journey started, there were times, and I vividly remember this too, it's probably like into year two. And I had like a breakdown moment and I was like almost in tears or maybe it wasn't tears. And I said to you, maybe I just can't do it. And I just think that I was so frustrated that it wasn't perfect. Whereas it doesn't need to be perfect all the time. But at the same time, I just knew that I could do it. And that when it did click and looking back now and helping other people do it now, helping my team, our staff, the community of businesses now, I know it works. And it's so, um, I feel so like, proud of what we built and what we're doing. And it really resonates with me that it does work. And when you see it work, it's great. And when you have the capability to go back and listen to phone calls and train and retrain and pick up on the things that don't work, it's even more gratifying because you're like, oh, I know this and I know where it has to go. Versus mm -hmm. in the beginning, it's just all thrown at you and it doesn't make sense. But once it clicks and it does make sense, it is like a whole new world. It's just, um, it's really gratifying because it, it, it works. The process works, but bottom line, the process works. Um, so I've been joking. I was joked before about how I didn't know what room for growth meant, but just to kind of give the audience an idea, you know, again, starting as a two day a week, part, 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 part time person doing admin work, I think maybe doing answering the phones a little bit, but just really just being a smiling face at the front, um, which you not, like you said, that's who you naturally are. And that's why you were got hired. Cause I knew that was just who you were from talking to you. And then, you know, you learn some of the technical aspects of the billing and, and that idea. And then we sort of moved into that sales role where you were taking calls and going through our scripts and processes and all of that. And then fast forward even further, um, you then took on the role when we opened AYP with Allison that you were her sales 
person for that. Uh, you know, I always joke like on a Friday, I said, we're opening a business on a Monday and you've got it and you got it. And then after that, we opened Funk Med. And then now we've sort of elevated you into a new role, which took a while to figure out like where to put you and what to do. But now you're sort of directing the sales team. And that includes another sales associate in SDR, Sophia, and our clinical team because they have to do sales as well. So, you know, just for the audience to know sort of where you started to what your journey has been, I joked about not really knowing what the growth path was because it didn't, but we've always sort of found, you know, where your, where your spot is and your calling, so to speak. Um, but again, I want to go back even further. Is there, was there a time for you? Because again, I think for us, I, we start so small and to think about growing a business and making it big and all of that for a long time, uh, you know, people look at people that joined our world in the last year, like our mastermind and the podcast, they, they look at what we've accomplished and they're like, wow, it's, you know, you've done great. But if you really think about it, we were really small for like from 20, when I opened in 2015, really until 2020, like a good five years. Yeah. Okay. Ashton and Hannah came, what, 2019 ish. And so yeah. but there was a, there was a three to four year period where it was really just like me, you, my mom helped out a little bit and it was just us. Was there, was there a time early in the, that early in the process that you thought, oh, well, this isn't really going to turn into anything or were you, did you always think that it was going to be bigger than we were? Um, I guess there was always a time where you think, nah, like, you know, this guy's a great guy. Um, you know, he has this vision and I'm, I'm still so new and fresh in this world. I don't know if it's going to work, but so, yeah, I, you know, I would say that I didn't say right away, like, oh my gosh, we're going, you know, we're going to go from zero to a hundred in, you know, five years. No, that, that would definitely not be truth. But the truth is that once we did start to discuss it and it was part of our Friday meetings that we would have, even when it was just you and I in a Friday meeting and, yeah. you know, we had team meetings, you guys out there listening um, a team meeting doesn't have to be really anything more than you and your pad and, and paper. Um, but Justin and I had team meetings for months, just the two of us. And we Year, blocked years, out the time. years. Yeah. And, and we just, we blocked out the time and I, <laughs> this is kind of off, off topic going on a tangent. I was worried. Oh my gosh, we're blocking off two hours. We're not seeing patients here, but the two hours every Friday for years has helped us become what we are today. Yeah. Well, so, I don't, I don't think that's going off topic. I think it's huge. Cause you know, still to this, to this day, I, I fight and I use that term, not literally with, with clients that come on of blocking their schedule. Cause it is a scarcity mindset of like, I can't block out that time. What if a patient calls? And, and obviously you felt that, that too. So I think it, you know, it absolutely is. But, but like you said, I think more than anything, it's just part of the culture, which I want to, which I want to talk about, you know, my, my mentor, Paul, who, you know, um, the best advice he ever gave me when I asked about hiring, he said, you know, more than anything, the first person you hire just has to sort of believe in you and believe in what you're doing because they're going to help sort of take that and translate it. And I think looking at specifically at Hannah and Ashton, when they came on, they didn't know shit from shit and that's not insulting. Yeah. They didn't know anything and they'll, right. they'll none of us do. Um, but yes, I preached and I talked and I mentored and everything, but so did you. And so when those two came on, they almost came on together. Uh, go back to that point. Cause that was when we really sort of went, think about it, two to yeah. four, which is huge. Yeah, it's a hundred percent growth. Yep. Um, again, it doesn't feel like that much, but it is big when you're at the size that we were at. Do you remember 
that and sort of what your mindset was when we sort of went from just me and you doing our thing to like, oh, we got two more mouths to feed here? Yeah, I just knew that I didn't want the culture and the situation and our mindset to change or not necessarily change, but to go backwards. So we painstakingly interviewed and we found the people. Now I can honestly say these were the right people, but back then we found the people, right? So I thought it was imperative for me to maintain the culture that we had and stick to our core values and not let really anything derail the vision and the mission that we had to grow. Like that was what was super important to me because we very easily could have interviewed them and then realized, oh, good God, they kind of suck. Or they don't see like how we see it. Well, the buzzword is a, uh, sorry, culture is like a buzzword. What, if you had to, you know, relay it to someone listening who's just starting, what would you say the culture is? Like what, what is it that you wanted to maintain specifically? I mean, our culture basically um, in like slang terms, lingo is just, you know, as far as our community of businesses goes, it's just the vibe we have in the office. What so about you it? hear, you hear horror stories or other stories where, um, I don't know, people have to, you know, clock in and out when they're taking their lunch breaks. I mean, we, we from day one, no one here at, at Striver AYP has ever said, you will have dedicated 12 to one to eat your lunch every single day. Like, it's just not a thing. And if it was a thing, then we're not the right fit for one another. So that vibe, we always have each other's back. Um, no one is ever going to point a finger or throw each other under the bus. We work as a team. We, we have a team culture. We each have our own responsibilities and our own departments, but it's like cogs in a wheel, engine in, in the car, all the moving parts to make the car run, that type of culture. Good. So, and I think that you are so big in, in enforcing it and reinforcing. Um, and again, this isn't talking out of turn because the story that we often tell because of, of where he's come from. But I remember, so I think it was like the first, second week Ashton was hired. Um, I, I was away, I think on business and you came back and said he didn't really want to do any training. And like, you were like appalled. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so we sat down and, and again, to his credit, since that day, he's been like, he's all, but he loves it and he's all about it. And I think that's always been, you know, that I think you started that and, and he's picked up on that of, of the idea that, you know, I can have my opinion and I can see, but, but he's willing to listen and willing to change and willing to grow. And now he's the one enforcing it. And I think that's sort of that snowball effect that right. sort of starts, um, with at the top and just sorts of works its way down. You sort of, you want to infiltrate that and everyone on the team, so to speak. Um, from your perspective, you know, if you were, if, if someone hired you tomorrow to go and, and open up their practice from zero and, you know, doc hired you to come out and help them, you know, what are, what are a few things from your non-medical perspective of coming in after uh, at a small business and seeing it grow? What are some maybe non-negotiables or tips that you would have if, you know, again, if let's say your daughter graduated Cairo school and she's a mom, I want to open up a practice. What would you, what would you say to her? I would definitely say you, you, you have to, you're not just, um, 
It's not just a doctor's office. You have to see it as a business. And what we kind of referred to before was that you have to take the time to make sure, even if it's just you in four walls of a basement or a storefront or wherever you are, you have to take the time to make sure that the bones are in place for you to be successful. Otherwise, you could be on the treadmill, seeing patients, seeing patients, seeing patients, you know, forever and not really ever growing. So whether that's, I don't know, something as simple as deciding if you're going to take insurance or not, because we all know how the insurance world works, or maybe some of the listeners don't exactly know how the insurance world works, but it's not pretty. So it's just, it's deciding, it's, it's deciding that, and it's just making sure that whether it's one, you're one person or whether you're 10 people, the business still needs to run the same. The prep needs to be the same. The plan needs to be the same. It it doesn't matter how many people you have or you hire. And then I'd say from there, um, you know, what, what's the goal? Um, Most of our, our, the the people in our world want to see a specialist. Do you, do you want to be the regular chiropractor? I would imagine if you're listening to this, you don't, you want to be the specialist and just making sure that you believe enough in yourself that you can make it happen. Got it. No, that's awesome. I love it. And I think your perspective is, is good in that, you know, you're not, you don't come from the same background we do, which you always know. I always ask, I always say the most valuable time for us when we hire someone is right when we hire them because they're not, they see it, they don't see it like we do yet. And so I like to get the opinion of them, but you come from it, you know, no strings attached, so to speak, from a different world. So, you know, you look at it, you know, differently, which, which I think is really, really helpful. Um, You don't know what you don't know, right? So me being just kind of open and honest and new to it all. I've been through the whole process since day one. So I've seen what works and what doesn't work. And therefore I'm happy to kind of roll with what, what works and help our community of businesses, you know, get bigger, stronger and faster, basically. You know, one of the problems in, in work, even if you're an entrepreneur, but even if you're, if you're an employee, I think is a lot of people just get bored, tired, burnt out, all the such. And then, you know, that's usually the biggest concern of when people like quit, leave or whatever, or worse, they stay in those situations. But I feel everyone on our team and you in particular, who's been here the longest is more excited now, probably than when you started. What would you attribute that to? If this is different every day, even if I was just and you guys out there listening way back when I first started, Ashton referred to me as the front desk lady because he really didn't know what I did or what to call me. Even if you were just the front desk lady in a business like this, it is different every day. So take that and snowball that into all that I've seen, all that I've heard, all that I've done. I mean, it is different every day as far as the day-to-day goes, um, you know, I've held patients head in a basket while they were getting sick and I, you know, and I can change the roll of toilet paper in the bathroom and I, you know, nothing is, um, what's the saying the, the, the parts aren't greater than the whole, like everyone has a role. So like, it's just service level different every day, but once you get into being able to see someone else grow and progress in a short period of time, in a long period of time, 
whether it's my department or another department, that's what's different every day. And that is the most satisfying thing to see the growth of others, um, especially if I've had a part of it. I think it's a, it's a huge point. And one of the reasons why I think a lot of businesses do get stuck is because it is exciting in the beginning, but you know, we don't have to name names, but we've all sort of seen it in practice, other practices that just sort of look, they get to a point and it just looks the same for 20 years. And, and that gets boring. And like you're saying, you know, we, even when we were small and building the foundation from the outside, it didn't really look like we were growing very much, but we were taking huge steps, right? As far as our training and our understanding and our learning. And, um, you know, as, as my mentor described it, he always said, like, there's a reason why kids come home so excited and energetic every day because they're learning something new all the time. And at some point when you become an adult, you sort of on sometimes lose that curiosity and you lose that drive. And it's like, it's monotonous and people get bored at work usually because of that. And I think for us, you know, I, I take a, I take it very seriously that if we have good people, we have to find exciting projects for them to do. That doesn't mean distract them because there's a big difference. But, you know, I think you're a great example of that where you started as the front desk lady, um, very much so, and then we kept moving, moving, moving. And then finally, and I remember I told you when we hired Sophia, I said, I don't know exactly know where you're going to fit in yet, but give me a couple months and we'll figure it out. And then it became clear as day that we needed someone to like run the sales department. And that's been your, you know, your project. And, and, you know, I knew we were onto something the first day and then the audience, I think should recognize this. We said it the first day and like two days later, you were already buying books on Amazon on how to do a sales meeting and how to run a sales team because you wanted to learn how to do it. And, you know, I, I always say, I never require people to like learn on their own, but you can get a pretty good idea of, of how bought in people are when they do things without being asked. And that was exactly what, what you did when we moved you into this, this sales director role, which basically means that you're in charge. doesn't mean you do every sales call. In fact, you do less now. It, it means mm-hmm. that the sales results, the numbers of the department, the conversion cycle, um, the objection handling, that that is on you to make sure the rest of the group and team know, um, you know, are, are on task or off track, so to speak. And I think, you know, just to give the audience a picture on the org chart, I'll, I don't t- I won't go to the sales people, our sales team or our doctors first if we have a problem. I go to you. You know, you you should know what's going on. It doesn't mean you're the one in doing it. It just means that you should know because you're in charge. Right. And I think that that's been a, a big sort of progression. Um the, the other I thing the account, I think the account yeah. not to interrupt you, the accountability factor is is big there too. It's you can't just have department after department after department. Someone's got to be accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, responsible versus accountable. Yeah. Right. Who sits at the top. So in our world, Hannah sits at the top of the marketing department. So she's the first conversation I have sales. You know, you sit at the top of the sales department. Right. So that's the first conversation I have strive clinical side, internal Ashton. So when I talk to, Right. And then we have the other partners in the businesses, Allison and Vin. And then we outsource the the finance, which we have Mike Waldron. But right. I have some one person in each sort of section that I'll go to that I think about to sort of start the process of figuring out good or bad, so to speak. Um, and so again, I think that's an important distinction that we that we definitely um have to talk to. Talk to me about um I think I want to go back to sort of where we started because, you know, I, 
one of the things I've recognized as we've built the team is that everybody's different. And I, and I think that treating everyone, what is it? Treat everyone fairly, but not equally. And, and I, I remember the first, when I, when we were hiring, um, Hannah, and it was the first time I was sort of brought to this, I asked her about vacation. Cause again, in the beginning, I'm literally asking employees, Hey, what do you want? And they're like, oh, uh, I'm like, cause I don't know. What do you do? Right. And I right. still to this day don't know half the stuff, but I remember I asked her like, how much vacation, you know, would you like or whatever? And she said, well, what does Lauren get? And I remember thinking to myself when I told her this, I was like, well, it's kind of irrelevant. Now we've had to change our policies a little bit as we've grown, but not the sure. point. The point is that every employee, I think, um, has different wants, needs, desires, motivated by different things. And, you know, now you still have two girls in college playing lacrosse. And, and so, and, and again, I think this is important because for you still, even though you basically almost every week put in a full week outside of vacation or other things, um, you have flexibility. Right. And because we, you and I sort of have that agreement that I, I'm not uncomfortable talking about because, you know, if I hired Lauren at 25, she probably would be okay with, uh, all right, yeah, I'll take my vacation time, but I want to continue to make a ton of money and more money and more right. money. And that's fine. And again, I think this is very hard for someone graduating school or in their early twenties and trying to just, cause all they can think about is just making yeah. money. And yeah. for you, I could triple your salary tomorrow, but if I took away your flexibility to go watch your girls play lacrosse, you'd quit, correct? Uh, most likely, yeah. Yeah, and but again, I think this is so important, and yeah. this is a, a yeah. marketing exercise too, because understanding what your potential patient wants and what they need that might be different than you, right? Because for me, if you told me you have no vacation, take it away tomorrow, I'd be like, all right, whatever, fine. Yeah. No problem. They wouldn't bother me in the least. I don't really take, I don't really do it anyway. I don't take off anyway. It doesn't matter to me. Um, but for you, it is very important. And so like, I guess, you know, talk to, cause you also have kids that are at the age now, Joe's is in the working and he's trying to grow and make money and all of that. And like, that's more important. And so talk, talk, yeah. I guess, to that in terms of, you know, what your view on that is, as far as, you know, what, you know, what's important to you and yeah, sure. Everyone wants to make a ton of money, but in your world today, gun in your head, there are more important things than just that. Yeah. I, I can honestly say I go to work every day knowing that, like we mentioned before, it's going to be different than the, the last day or last week. But I, I know deep inside that we're here to make a difference and it's like, it sounds like hokey, corny, whatever it sounds like, it's the truth. We do make a difference in people's lives every single day. And something you guys out there listening that Justin has taught me, has taught all of us, it's like, we're not doing something to anyone, we're doing it for someone. And once you realize that, okay, we, we are truly here helping people. And if you don't believe in that, if you... If you don't have that um, instilled in you, there's a problem from the get-go. So I come to work every day knowing that I'm, I'm here to help someone and I'm going to do my damnedest to make sure that I do. Going back to the culture part, when we started to hire Hannah, Ashton, we brought Allison on board. That was also something that was super important to me, but that we all... Um, had each other's backs. And so when we started to grow, when I would be out or someone would be on vacation, we just always knew to step up and we were always all there for one another so that nothing skipped a beat. 
so that my vacation policy or that someone else's vacation policy is different doesn't really matter to any of us in the office because it's just how we have all kind of stepped up to the plate um, growing up in, in this case specifically, you know, the strive to move land, but really in the community of businesses. So you guys out there who are looking to hire, there are, there are people like me out there who don't mind working on a Saturday night, who don't mind um, if you don't have internet somewhere during the day, getting back to your hotel and, you know, working on what you have to work on then. And there's something to be said about being happy in what you do and not just being happy doing it. Like I'm happy on a Sunday night, you know, to sit with my tea, you know, have my feet up on, on the ottoman and start to think about the last week and start to prep for the next week. You know, every Monday, it's it, it's a Monday. People hate Mondays. I know Mondays after work, after my workout, I'm going to be doing my um, follow-up work from the week before so I can report properly for our team meeting during the week. So it's not necessarily the Monday through Friday, the nine to five. Um, obviously, what you put in is what you're going to get out. But, you know, if you guys think that you, you have to hire someone who has experience or you have to hire someone who says, you know, I, I only need two weeks vacation or I don't, um, I don't mind working at night. Just, just know there, there, there are people out there that aren't that nine to five, 40 hours a week. I'm going to stop work at this time. I'm going to start at this time. Um, that we, we, I will say we, we are, we are out there because that a hundred percent was me. So yeah. don't get caught up in all of that. You know, the, you know, a new graduate from school um, who has a business degree in economics, who can't find a job yet is going to apply to your job. Um, you know, don't necessarily poo poo them, but you know, most likely the new grad is going to ask for a shit ton of money and a month's vacation and insurance, and they're going to ask for the world. So, you know, those, those, those people are out there, but just, just realize they're not the only ones out there. Kind yeah. of thing. Well, I think your the, someone like your profile is a lot of some of our patients that I've always said, and I, I love talking to the, to the, to the women because you learn more about them because I just meet them when they've had kids and they're sort of home with their kids and you start hearing their background and so many of them are like you, so smart, have had careers and just decided to stay home, whether on purpose or because they could or whatever. Like there's a lot of different reasons, but you know, how many of the people in our world are patients that had these big finance jobs or that all kind of like you, it's like they liked working. They're very motivated. They, they like doing something and feeling accomplished, but a lot of it is circumstance circumstances, right? Especially around here, you know, the Wall Street thing, you know, I can't tell you how many of our yeah. patients worked on Wall Street, big finance or big lawyer jobs that it's just like, it's impossible to be able to raise a family. Yeah. And so they had to sort of choose and they were able to choose their family. And so in your world, it wasn't that you didn't want to work. It wasn't that you weren't smart enough to have a job. It was just that the type of industry that you were in for a period of time didn't allow you to, yeah. to pursue it any longer. And, you know, and again, it's not good or bad you know, my wife, she's an OT, so she doesn't really have that. She can have some flexibility, but your industry, it kind of wasn't yeah. like that. And so I think there's a lot of people out there. Um, and this is sort of the last question I want to get into. 
I always had the feeling for you, this is diving deep into the psychology, that for a period of time, your 100% focus was making sure that your kids like were fine and like growing into functioning humans, which fortunately they all have. And now it was, I think I always see for you when you joined us and then a year or two, three in, you're like, oh shit, I have some more to give here. Like I, 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 they're, they're good. You know, they need you, but they're good. It's like, now I can go and do me a little bit more. Um, Do you feel that way too? Oh, 110%. I love, um, and they don't remember the, the pull, the tug, the juggle, um, I loved being able to be the working mom when they were younger. Um, they don't necessarily remember, you know, me getting on a plane and being gone for a week and, you know, they're at home with dad and, you know, a grandma. Um, they don't remember that because they were so little, but that was the case. And that got old super fast. Um, but now that they're, they are older and functioning adults. So, you know, my son is in sales, my husband is in sales and we talk sales, you know, the, the, the process, no matter what the industry is, is the same. Um, probably a ton of books behind me about, yeah. Um, the relationship edge and business, things like that. Like there, we have books all over the house. We trade books. Um, so it's kind of cool to be in their industry, just black and white of sales, but doing it in the chiropractic world or the sports chiro world or the rehab world, whatever. But it's be, the, the process is, you know, the, the foundation is all the same. But I love that they see me still being their mom and still having an impact and making a difference and working. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, that is what I love the most, especially for my girls. You know, I don't, I don't want them to doubt that they can put their mind into doing anything at any stage of the game, at any level that they're in, at any age of their life. Like you could just, you do it, you just Mm -hmm. do it. And it's, it's brought me and my family like so much pride to be able to say, Oh, mom's in sales now. You know, what's your mom do? She's in sales. You know, I'm not the front desk lady or the 10 hour week secretary. Well, but I think more so than that, objectively, you know, if you look at it, what year did you start? 2017. So 17. This this October will be my five years going to my sixth year. You think about five years and the total businesses that we'll have go from, you know, 200,000, let's call it. And I think combined this year, we're on track to do over a million. And so you were, you were the one, right? You were the one that was there. And so without you, I don't, I don't think this, this happens. I'd like to think I could have, but that would be probably stupid to think that way. And so, you know, that's a, that's very kind of you to very kind of you to say, knowing you, it probably would have happened, but I do take great pride and it's just, it's so fun every day. Um, And it's not, it's never been the front desk lady job to me. And, you know, people in podcast world, um, you make it what you want it to be, right? It, I could have said no to Justin. I could have said, oh, wait, what? I've got a sales train with a script. I mean, that was the most awkward thing on the face of the earth and imaginable. Like, I just did not know what I was getting myself into, but I knew that I was going to do it. I just knew that I wasn't a quitter and, and that I was going to do it. And now you just gave that recap and it's kind of humbling. It's pretty cool to think about. So it, awesome. it is possible out there, you guys. It, it is it is possible. You guys can do it. Love it. So I, I, 
I don't even think I've told you this, and this is usually how it works, but um, I th- the next step of our mastermind program, because I know people are going to look at this and be like, crap, I need to find a Lauren. And so when they do, we're going to be allow you to help and train them. So part of our mastermind at this point, we have our regular calls. We have our marketing Monday with Hannah, but the next thing we're going to add is a, is a sales admin piece of that. So that Perfect. now that our, our, rehab chiros that are hiring, they're going to have support in onboarding and training them. And who better to do that than you? And so for you guys that aren't around in the, in the mastermind program and, you know, are in the business of growing and hiring people, you know, part of the support that we will provide is not just me speaking, but our team that, you know, they actually do it every day. What's better than that? What's Hey, I understand. Like Lauren just said, this crazy guy doing sales training. Well, I went through that and guess what? Now she's the one doing it. And so, you know, as our program grows and our people grow within our mastermind, we have to grow with them. And so we're going to start that program officially. I don't know when, but we're going to do it soon once they, once people start hiring and we're going to grow with yeah. them. So um, that, that's going to be great. Can I, can I ask the podcaster a question? Can I sure. ask you a question? Uh, this, has never, this has never been done before. So we'll <laughs> reverse, see if we want to keep reversal. this in. Here we go. When did you know you needed someone at the front? Um, did you have the revelation? Did you say, all right, I don't want to answer the phones. I don't want to treat the patients. I don't want to do it all anymore. And I know you had some help in your mom with billing, but when did you know this is the time I need to do this now? I don't know if there was a day. I think it was more so looking three, four, five years into the future and and knowing where I wanted it to go. And I think one of the lessons that I've learned recently in kind of revisionist history is to just be dumber. And so mm-hmm. it was like if other people had done it and had already done this role, so to speak, and and I, they were telling me to do it, then I should just go and do it. So at the time, it was a little bit of an yeah. exercise in faith. Because I didn't really know what I didn't know. And and again, to think of like where you got to and have been able to accomplish and do the sale, I had no clue what I was looking for, yeah. right? That like you could have been great at the front and not wanted to get on the phone. And quite frankly, we've, we've seen people like that. They're nice and personable and they can't get on the phone. They don't want to, they refuse to. And so there's, there's a little bit of luck in it. Obviously, you know, the luck favors the persistent, I think. Um, but for me, it was, it was always knowing that I needed to get beyond myself. Hmm. And so the first step to doing that is finding somebody that can, that can, that can be that person for you. Now, the interesting part, and it's a good question because I don't want to overlook the fact that I followed the advice because I think where so many rehab chiros get stuck is that they get busy. And the first person they hire isn't Lauren, it's Ashton. They hire a second chiro and we know which direction that goes in. Right. And it becomes a nightmare, an admin nightmare. And so every one of my clients, they know 1000%. Now they might not follow my directions, but they know 100% that that is not what I'm looking to do. And that'll, that is not a a, a thing that I promote because you are setting someone up for failure. Right. You know, many of the problems typically I find when people go Cairo and then hire an associate, the associate's issues are two. It's not patient care. It's that they don't know how to do the admin work that their boss is asking them to do, and they don't know how to do marketing. And right. so I actually, in order for us, it's founder, me, admin person to help with all of that, marketing third. Hannah and Ashton started together, not by not because of uh, on purpose. It was because I right. thought that it would take longer to get the Cairo. So I put the ads out at the same time. 
they just happen to come together. But if you think about it, most people go Cairo, Cairo, and then maybe they figure out at the back yeah. end. For me, it was me, admin, marketing, marketing. and then second Cairo. Right. And so that's the that's the order for me in which now you essentially fill the fill the org chart. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's good advice, you guys listening. And it makes it, it makes sense to me. It might not make sense to you, but ask all the questions you can about that because that's the way to go. It's uh and I think the other part too is you can derail an associate that comes in because it's right. a, I mean you see how there's so many things there's it's yeah. there's a, so many aspects of the job and some of it seems so basic um, but to do it well you know and I think you have to respect right. all the different positions the, the respect the side of marketing respect you know we we over we joke about some of the admin stuff front desk lady but when you do it when you don't do it well it's a problem like when you don't yeah. collect payments from people like that's a problem when you don't right. send insurance billing out when you don't return phone calls you know people look at that like oh it's like a low low end job but it's if you have a bad one or don't have one and you do that bad you know it, it you feel it for sure you feel yeah. it so it's yeah. uh it's it's not it's not um you know it's not something to be taken lightly do you have any other questions for me now that we've reversed roles here yes now that i wish i had a microphone but i don't um no that was definitely the one i figured would be most pertinent for the listeners you know what made you what was the turning point? When did you decide kind of a thing um, specifically for this interview topic? But yeah, looking forward to helping everyone just say the word. I've, my mind's already started to go. Good. And so what we need. So Lauren, first of all, how'd you do, how'd you feel about the first podcast? Do you feel good? Yeah, this is, right. it was, it was easy. All right. When they, um, if they send any hate mail, I won't let you know. Perfect. Good. But you can, cause you know, I won't care. Um, but in all seriousness, we, uh, this business is not where we're not here if you're not here. And so I want everyone to understand how getting the right person first matters so much, right? Get the first one right. If you screw it up, it's not the end of the world, but it's a lot easier when you get it correct. <laughs> and so uh, having you in our in our businesses personally, professionally has been unbelievable. And we were not here without you. I think that I know our team feels the same way. And any growth that we have going forward, you have played as big of a role as anybody else here, including myself. So I wanted you to know that. And I want all the listeners to know that. And uh, you guys out there, if you join the mastermind and are lucky enough to, uh, you know, interact with Laura and you'll, you'll get it very quickly too. So, um, thank you. I appreciate that a hundred percent from the bottom of my heart. We appreciate you and thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you found this content valuable, here are four ways I can help you for free. One, grab a copy of my free guide, the rehab chiropractors checklist. You can get that at go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. That's go.drjustinrabinowitz.com slash guide. Two, go ahead and give me a follow on Instagram at Justin Rabinowitz, where I post business content. Three, subscribe to my weekly newsletter by sending me an email at coaching at strive to move.com. And four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more influential people and bring those lessons back to you.